Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show special edition. Every time I have Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life on our show, it's a special edition. I give him the whole hour because I want folks to have an update on first what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can defend babies. But this is really going to be special, and I'll tell you why. First of all, Father, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show again. Good to be back. Glad, glad to have you back. This is unusual because it's a special show because I want to describe you after 30, 40 years of knowing uh, you personally from the 1980s, I, I, if I could describe you, I would say you never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. You speak the truth on life. You're not worried about who's going to f- be offended. Uh, and then you worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't speak the truth. And I right. think when it comes to the unborn babies, a sins of omission, we haven't done enough to protect the unborn as a general rule. So you're on the other side. You say, look, I have to, I feel compelled to defend life because it comes from God. Now, uh, I know it's the truth that sets us free. And eight months ago, the your priesthood was taken away from you. And I consider the allegations as unsubstantial. I've said that from day one. Uh, but you seem to have taken this in stride in the sense that the mission, saving babies, is actually more important than you being taken away your priesthood or any uh, accusations that you're, you didn't just crawl in a hole and say, game over, I give up. No, Father, you've actually stayed focused in the mission God's given you to uh, defend life and to share the gospel. So I want to ask you this question. How in the world have you been able to stay you know, joyful with the Lord and focused on your work as the Priest for Life director. So I want to understand, uh, give us your perspective on that, please. Well, because the Lord is real, you know, he sustains all of us. Uh, He gives us a vocation and he asks us to be faithful. Uh, He doesn't promise us anything uh, beyond his grace. He doesn't promise us that the people in our lives are going to be faithful Mm -hmm. uh, or that even those who are supposed to be nurturing us are going to nurture us. Sometimes they abandon us. Sometimes they attack us. Uh, But the Lord is real. So on a supernatural level, you know, the reason is is simply that, you know, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Uh, I often invoke uh, uh, the psalm that says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I love it. uh, (laughs) Because, you you know, as you recall, and and I reflected on that psalm, the morning that my dad passed away, yeah, yeah. which was only like 11 days after I, I was informed from the Vatican that they were taking my priesthood away. Wow. So, Double you know, those, those last weeks of December, yeah. you know, the theme of fatherhood was very, very strong oh, yeah. in my life. And, uh, you know, the taking away of fatherhood. And so I did a broadcast, as I do every day, you know, I'm doing live broadcast sure. like, like you are. Yep. And, <clears throat> and that morning, I got in front of the cameras and I said, well, you all know what happened to me, you know, 11 days ago. And and this morning I found out that my dad passed away. And and and, and let me go to the scriptures here. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Awesome. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't experience on a human level sure. uh, the distress and the, right. the grief and so forth. Uh, but what it does mean is that we see the bigger picture. Right. Uh, God is real. Christ is real. Truth triumphs over falsehood. Uh, good triumphs over evil. Mm-hmm. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, to use another scripture. Yes. Um, nothing. And then and, and Paul goes into a whole list of things, yes, he right? Does. Yeah. And, and, Shipwreck, and nothing, <laughs> anything. 
Right. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, not even the Pope. Right. Uh, and, and so it's like, hey, guys, you know, do we believe what we profess? Yes. And and that's on all on a supernatural level uh, that I say, look, this is how this yeah. is how I've been 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 living. Uh, well, my whole life, really. I mean, when I was a teenager, that's yeah. when I, I I kind of rediscovered the faith. I'd never been away from the faith, right. but I really rediscovered it. And started living each day with, uh, you know, in the Word. We all have to be in the Word. That's right. Um, in the sacraments, we have yes. to stay close to the sacraments. Yes. In deep prayer yes. and yes. in fellowship with the people who believe the same way. We <laughs> we have fellowship with one another. That's absolute. That's not a, 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 an icing on the cake. Yeah. That's absolutely essential um, to our faithfulness. We've got to be strengthening one another. So that's all on a supernatural level. Now, on a natural level. Yes, natural level. You know, it, it, it's like, first of all, you know, like we were discussing offline. Sure. If you've got a clear conscience. Yes. You're going to sleep well at night and you're going to smile during the day. That's right. And and, and, and that's, in the, and I have a clear conscience. Other people can say with me, whatever, say about me, whatever they're going to say, you know, including the Pope himself. Yes. I know who I am. I know what my conscience has uh, it yeah. within me, and I can be at peace. Um, that's number one. Number two is uh, there's a natural uh, dimension to the to the fellowship, you know, the supernatural dimension. But on the natural level, you know what? I've got a lot of friends, a lot of supporters, a lot of right. people like yourself who are saying to me, you keep going, yeah. our board here at Priest for Life. I mean, you know, dismissal from the priesthood is a big thing, right? It's a big deal. Of course it is. But it's not as big a deal as it would be for other priests, in, in not in the sense that I don't value my priesthood, sure. but in this sense. You think about most priests. They're administering the sacraments all day. Right. They belong to a parish. Right. You know, they're saying mass for the people. They're they're anointing the sick, hearing confessions, yeah. whatever it might be. That's the bulk Typical. of their work, yeah. and that's what they're getting paid to do. Right. Okay, so any of these priests, if they get thrown out of the priesthood tomorrow— They've lost their job. Yeah, that's true. They've lost their salary. They've lost yeah. their their residence. Right. Like, you're on your own, you know, and 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 that's that's a pretty big deal. For me, I haven't lost my job. Right. Um, of course, I'm, I'm I'm abiding by the restrictions. You know, I'm oh, not yeah. saying public mass or anything like that. In fact, the other day somebody said to me, "Can you hear my confession?" I said, "I'm sorry, I can't." You know, although if they were in danger of death, yeah, I, you could. Yeah, I could. That's an exception. And, 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 um, but uh, so I'm abiding by the restrictions. You know, here I don't have my collar on, things right. like that. Sure. But but I haven't lost my job. The board of directors of Priests for Life, our pastoral team, right. uh, our, our entire staff, th you know, we are all of one mind. And, and it's sure. like, why in the world would I step away from mm -hmm. this pro-life work? As a matter of fact, that's what led to this whole thing in the first place. Yeah. The You know, when, when the Vatican said, oh, you know, he's been disobedient to his bishop, mm -hmm. I need people to understand something. Tell me. What they're talking about is not that the oh, the bishop gave me an assignment and I refused to do it. It's all documented. I did absolutely everything uh, that they ever assigned me or asked me to do, even when it, it was at the cost of great inconvenience. Yeah. Uh, the record is clear, and I mapped this all out at frfrankpavone.com. Um, but what they're talking about is when they were trying to tell me to shut up about abortion and politics when they were trying to tell me to step away right. from a successful worldwide ministry on which many people depend, including our 50 employees. Wow. Um, 
and 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 they had absolutely positively not a single valid reason for asking me to step away from a work that was not only successful. This was not just some kind of bright idea I had. Oh, wouldn't it be great to do this? It was an established ministry with an established track record. And not one good reason why I should all of a sudden abandon that, especially when I had indicated to my, my bishop, starting back in the days of Cardinal Egan, Okay, so the year 2000, Cardinal O'Connor died. Cardinal Egan came to New York, and discussions started with him because he said, oh, you've been leading Priest for Life for seven years. Now you have to come back to the parish. And I said, respectfully, why? Why? Uh, and, and, I, and I told him that in conscience, in conscience, right. I had made a commitment to, to Almighty God that I, I was giving myself completely to the unborn. Cardinal O'Connor knew that. He blessed that. He allowed me to do that. And so I said, respectfully, how is that contrary to the uh, teaching of the church? Show, show me one thing. Or what have I done wrong? Right. You know, have I have I advocated for abortion? You know, have I denied the resurrection of Christ? I mean, show me what what where have I gone wrong here? And of course, they could never answer that question. They never have answered that question for 23 years. And so Terry, one of the other reasons why, you know, I have my smile and my energy and my work is that they trained me for this. Yes, of course. They trained me for this. You know, as people said, oh, it must have been devastating, you know, when you heard the news. You know what I was doing? I might have told you the story in one of our past interviews. I was taping in our TV studio. Yeah. And one of my staff interrupted me and said, hey, did you see this news from the Vatican? I said, no. And so he showed me the the news report. That's how I found out. I do remember that. Yes. And I looked at the news report and I said, oh, okay. I went back into the studio and I continued taping. Good. Immediately. Yes. And people say, oh, don't you care? Yeah, well, of course I care. But they had trained me for this for 23 years. What do I mean? Well, they trained me for the disappointment when Cardinal Egan said, you know, I don't care about your, your, your pro-life work. You have to come back and do parish work. And by the way, I did obey him. I accepted a parish assignment. The pastor graciously allowed me to continue my work with Priest Good. for Life, was, and it was a small parish. Yes. It was a small parish. So it's not that I disobeyed him. Interesting. But I, I, to, I said in conscience, I can't walk away from the unborn or from this ministry. So, but they trained me because it was so disappointing. Yes. Of when I said to the cardinal, I want to talk to you about my vocation, uh, he refused to have the conversation. Wow. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, they trained me. Uh, for this disappointment when um, the cardinal said, when I had a bishop who was willing to take me to to support my full-time pro-life work, when Cardinal Egan said, no, you cannot leave New York. And I had to appeal to the Vatican, and I won that appeal. Hang on uh, a second. I hear some mu- t- uh, music. I'm going to get the rest of that story. It's a fascinating story. And I want to also mention one of the vigors of Christ. St. John Paul II said something about your work being the most important work so let's yep. get that in also when we come back to the Terry and Jesse show. Other Frank Ramon telling the story about his own life. Fascinating story. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back. I'm going to say I'm too inspired to be tired. I'm too protected to be dejected. And I'm too renewed to be subdued. And I think that describes Father Frank Pavone. 
<laughs> Father, yeah. you were sharing a very intimate story about some of the, uh, let's just, I would, I would call persecution of the work that you're doing, even from people in the church. But you've had one prelate, and I want to make sure you get that in about what St. John Paul II said about your work. You were talking about, uh, just to set, get people back, Cardinal Egan uh, had asked you to come back to a parish, which you did, a small parish, and continue with this story so we have the complete story on that. Yes, well, those were the days, of course, of St. John Paul II, yeah. and uh, I had served under him in Rome uh, during the early years of my work with Priests for Life. Cardinal O'Connor sent me over there, mm -hmm. and um, the Pope was, I got a chance to talk with him wow. more time, more times than I could count, and, wow. and he was very encouraging, strongly encouraging of my work and the work of Priests for Life, and uh, of course, he was the saint of, of life, yeah. uh, so he was very affirming, and you know, it's because of things like that, that you know that although there might be some in the church who oppose your work, uh, you've got the support of the people who really matter. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that has been the case all through this long story. Um, but you were asking me, you know, how is it that I've taken so well this, right. this dismissal from the priesthood? And, you know, and I'm and I'm relating the story that, hey, you know what? They, they gave me a lot of practice. Yeah. You know, so sure, I was disappointed, but I was also disappointed when, you know, after uh, we uh, we 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 made we created uh, with the help of Bishop Yanta of Amarillo, John Yanta, who since has passed away, mm -hmm. he's a strong pro-life bishop. He invited me to come in. We started a society of apostolic life. I committed myself publicly for life with vows right. to devote every ounce of my life to wow. defend the unborn, wow. which was already my call of conscience. Sure. And um, that was a public ceremony, and the bishop accepted those vows. So they 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 prepared me for the disappointment mm -hmm. when a few years later. Uh, they said, oh, oops, we made a mistake. We didn't <laughs> set this up the right way. And the Vatican said, oh, well, we are dissolving this particular society of apostolic life. Um, and so we, 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 we created a, 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 a lay ministry of, you know, training people in pro-life spirituality. And they trained me for the disappointment. Then when the subsequent bishop who came in, Zurich of Amarillo, yeah. said, oh, well, we have to get rid of the uh, missionaries of the gospel of life. And they trained me for the disappointment when, although I was worldwide pastoral director of Rachel's Vineyard, yes. the largest ministry in the world for healing after abortion, yes. and it still is, mm -hmm. uh, Bishop Zurich, there I am in that, in that diocese, what a resource for the diocese if they wanted to use uh, my uh, experience. He said, no, no, we're shutting down Rachel's Vineyard in oh. the diocese. And uh, they trained me for the disappointment when um, <laughs> several years later, yes. in the midst of my on, ongoing successful work with Priests for Life, uh, Bishop Zurich writes a, a letter that gets leaked to the media and says, I'm calling you back to the diocese because you're not obedient and you're not using your money the right way. Oh and... Um, and uh, publicly just splashed this all over the 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 media, secular and, and Christian as well, saying, oh, you're suspended. Now, he misused that word um, uh, because the next day <laughs> the diocese clarified I was not suspended from the priesthood. He was just calling me back to the diocese. But he had left town. In fact, he had left the country. Wow. And he flew out of the country the very day that he had me come back to the diocese. And um, they were training me in the disappointment. Sure. And um, um, 
and and then I had to appeal to the Vatican, and the Vatican backed me up. And then they trained me for the disappointment when the bishop said uh, one week he said you are, you have full permission to continue your ministry, mm-hmm. and the week after that, with no explanation, he completely reversed himself wow. and he said you have to stay here in the diocese. They trained me for the disappointment when he told me the Vatican said you can't do your work, and I flew to the Vatican, and the and the and the very bishop that he named told me face to face. Oh no! We told him that yes, you can continue your yeah. work, and so they trained me uh, in 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 severe disappointment. When as time went on, they did a visitation. Uh, we know the word visitation from what's happened to Bishop Strickland, and so they did a visitation, and the results came back very very good. They gave us recommendations, but they said none of them were binding. So I said, okay. So uh, Bishop uh, Zurich said our finances were in question. The Vatican said, no, they're not. They're in good order. So I said, okay, will you clear my reputation then? And they said, oh, Cardinal Dolan has to do that. And they trained me in the disappointment when Cardinal Dolan, instead of very simply saying to the world, hey, these guys are okay. Instead, he said to us, no, no, you have to do A, B, C, and D. And he tried to take over our organization, uh, replace me on the board, uh, put his own people in the board. And um, they trained me for the disappointment when after I, our board told him, sorry, your eminence, but you don't have the authority to do this, uh, he said to the Vatican, oh, don't have anything to do with, with Priests for Life. And, and so instead of clearing my reputation, he made things worse. And so, and, 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 and on and on it goes. And, hey. and the Vatican said, you know, you can become an international association. You don't have to be under a particular diocese. Right. And they started the process and they encouraged us to continue that process only to find out as they continued to train me in the disappointment. They said, uh, the Vatican sends me a letter one day and says, oh, we have just recently come to learn that this, uh, imagine, they just recently came to learn that this requires the, um, uh, uh, the okay of the conference of bishops in the United States because you have to form a, a national entity first. And it's like, oh, Bish- conference of bishops says, oh, no, we don't do that anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, and so on. And then they send out a letter saying, oh, this is not a Catholic association. Well, neither is EWTN or Legatus. Right. Uh, and what I mean by that is it's not a canonical sure. entity, sure. like a right. parish or right. religious order. Um, but they're trying to make it sound like we're not Catholic, and that that little piece of garbage uh, continues on even in uh, what the nuncio said when they uh, dismissed me from the priesthood. Oh, Peace Wife is not a Catholic organization. Well, we're not Presbyterian. You know, we're not Methodist. <laughs> Who in the world do you think we are? You know, so uh, Terry, I get it, it goes on, on and on, on and, and on. And let me, let me just jump in, Father. All that is very informative for our listeners because they need to know how unjust much of this has been done. But you know what? People will always disappoint you, as you mentioned earlier. That's just part of human nature. But I will say this. Those inside the Vatican and the church, bishops, I notice one thing, and see if I'm on to something. Almost every one of those people did not support Humani Vitae. And what I mean by that, they, they were not supportive of Pope Paul VI's document that life... Uh, from, con- from conception to death is sacred and that artificial birth control is intrinsically evil, they would never go in that direction. And here's my, my point, and you can tell me I'm all wet, and maybe I am, but I just noticed that those people who are accusing you of, of mishap, if you look at those people truly, 
they have not embraced what I would call the deposit of faith, meaning the life, say, life, uh, the life teachings of, of, uh, of an abortion. In other words, they'll say maybe publicly, oh yeah, we're, we're against abortion, but actions speak louder than words. And I'm going to uh, accuse those people that they're not uh, serious about what the church has said, that uh, life is sacred from all stages. So I'm, I'm just uh, making an accusation based on performance. Am I on to something? Uh, you know, I I uh, I think so, and and there's another dimension to no, this. I would also add mm-hmm. to it that there are those yeah. who will accept the teaching yeah. that abortion is wrong, yeah. uh, or even that contraception is wrong. But here's where the 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 the, the crux of Tell the me. problem comes. They're not giving it the priority that it deserves. There you and go. that has that has very much been the been the um, uh, the, 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 the nature of the battle between me and some of these yep. some of these bishops because you know in this long story which I've only related about yeah, one third of it mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Vatican backed me up multiple times yes they backed me up multiple times even under Pope Francis yeah. even under Pope Francis yes I realize so that the, the thing is um, the battle has been I want I, I, I said to them and I say repeatedly and I say to this day I am committed in conscience to devote every last ounce of my time and energy mm-hmm. to end abortion. Amen. Is there anything wrong with that? And 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 the church can't give a they can't give an institutional response. They'll give a personal response. Oh, hey, that's great. I have I have stacks of letters this high from bishops encouraging me and cheering me on. But an institutional response it's like they don't know what to do with this. And ultimately, this, the, the, the clearest sign that they don't know what to do with this is that they threw me out of the priesthood. It's like, hey, you guys get, you know, and this is why I say to them, look, honestly, with all due respect, yeah, this is your problem, not mine. Right. I haven't changed in 30 years. I haven't changed from the point of view of I I'm convinced I'm called by God, and I'm, it's backed up by a successful ministry, right. to defend the unborn full time. Yep. I'm not going to walk away from that. And it's like, why in the world would, would you take away my priesthood simply because I don't want to walk away from a full-time commitment to the unborn? Now remember, these, these bishops and whatnot, they weren't asking me to endorse abortion. You know, They weren't asking me—I mean, even if some of them don't quite believe— the way Humane Vitae is and, and so forth. They never asked me to change my beliefs. They asked me to change my actions and not give myself 100% of my time. Like even at one point, and this was another one of these ongoing disappointments, yes. even at one point, the Vatican backed up my my appeal to go to, move to a different diocese, yeah, sure. right? And say, hey, listen, you've got conflict conflict with this bishop in Amarillo. So just, hey, he's not the only bishop in the church. Go to a different diocese sure. where there's a bishop I can trust, I can communicate with. And there was a bishop ready, ready to receive me, as there are bishops today ready to receive me. And um, uh, the, the Vatican actually said, yes, you can go to a different diocese. Right. But then... Those who were opposing me, they 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 started. They they convinced them to put a condition on it. Yeah. Okay. Get this now that I could only do my pro life work half of the time. Oh my god! Why are they so, so hell like, on that? So it's like it's like 
hold on, guys. Wait a minute. Just please explain this to me. Give me one rationale for this. Give me one reason sure. why a priest can't be a priest in good standing and stand up before the church and before the world mm -hmm. and say by his words and his actions, brothers and sisters, we have a colossal emergency on our hands here. Yep. We are in the middle of a holocaust here. We have got to drop what we are doing and we have got to give ourselves full time to the unborn. I'm not saying that everybody is in a position, everybody has his or her vocation. Sure. And if you've got responsibilities, you can't abandon your family, you can't abandon your responsibilities. But those who are able need to could devote themselves full time to this and yeah. everybody's got to do something well said father why don't you really tell me what you think <laughs> i love it father frank pavone and i'll explain why i still call you father frank pavone when we come back on the other side i want to also encourage folks to consider going to the bishop strickland uh, conference in T tyler texas september one and two i'll be there many, many others will be there actually priest for life will be there represented stay with us we'll be back in a moment Welcome back, indeed, to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone, I said about a third of the story, but I think Father gave a website, fr uh, Pavone, is it .com? Is that how they can F get F that? frfrankpavone.com. Got it. Yeah, so just go there and finish up. I want to take the last half of the show to get us an update on uh, the situation for life. In other words, what yes. we can be doing to protect the unborn and uh, whether it's um, getting involved in elections uh, I, I actually think one important element that maybe sometimes I forget, and that is uh, the power of prayer, to pray to end abortion. Back in the early 70s, a friend of mine, who's been dead for decades, uh, put a, a bumper sticker together, pray to end abortion. And yeah. it went all over the country. It was right from yep. Escobina, California, Knights of Columbus. And I thought, you know, how many of us today are praying specifically every day to end abortion. Yeah. I just think that that's another element. But I know you have a list of things. You have uh, pro-life resources on helping to end abortion. So, Father, could you just share a little bit about some of the states that— I know we just had an issue with Ohio, and um, unfortunately, I think Bishop Strickland went out there and others— to try to sway the people to vote for life, but unfortunately we lost. Can you give us an update? What was at stake there? Well, Ohio is still an ongoing situation. The vote is going to be in November uh, on election day, but the but the vote that was just held in August yeah. was to make it harder to amend their constitution because the pro-abortion people want to amend the constitution to have a right to unlimited abortion, which neither Ohioans nor Americans generally have ever been in favor of. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a campaign in deception. Uh, they're trying to tell people, oh, this is for your freedom. Mm -hmm. This is so that they can't take away the right to abortion. No, no, no. Whether you're going to take away the right to abortion, that is up to the people through the legislative process. That's what the Dobbs decision said when it reversed Roe. What these people are trying to say is that even if the people want to protect the unborn, which the people of Ohio obviously want to do because they have, they even passed the heartbeat bill, wow. even though it's not in effect. 
They passed the heartbeat. That's the will of the people. Yeah. You're working through the legislative process. But that no, the pro-abortion people want to take away from those people and from their lawmakers mm -hmm. the ability to protect the unborn. Because if you put in the Constitution that there's a right to abortion, well, no law can go against the Constitution. So did you see the strategy yeah, they're, trying to, they're trying to, to implement? Yeah. So that's very, the issue is very much alive in Ohio. Uh, because the vote failed on August 8th to raise the threshold for amending the Constitution, it's going to be harder in November Got to it. stop them from doing this. But the battle is still is still on and the vote is yet to be held. And how about some other states that we could talk yeah. about? So right here in Florida, where I live, yeah. uh, the other side is collecting signatures right now to put the same kind of a uh, of a measure on on the ballot here, not in 23, but in 24 uh, to put abortion into the Florida Constitution. Now, again, they're just absolutely ignoring the will of the people because uh, Florida enacted over the last couple of years, first a protection starting at 15 weeks of pregnancy and then. Last year, the, or earlier this year, I should say, the 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 heartbeat bill. Yep. So it's like, guys, yeah, pay attention. What's going on here? Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so we have in this case a battle brewing here in Florida, South Dakota, the same thing. Signatures are being gathered uh, by the other side to do this, and now the pro-abortion people are making plans to do this in Missouri. Wow. Uh, they're making plans to do it in New York and Maryland, but New York and Maryland are already so pro-abortion yeah. uh, in their laws. And these other states aren't. These other states have a lot. In fact, in Missouri, abortions are completely uh, uh, prohibited. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, they're going into these pro-life states and there's room, there's rumblings now that they want to go into Arkansas. They're going into these pro-life states and trying to, see what they're trying to do is impose on the state level yes. what they just lost on the federal level. Right. Right. Because Rose said there was a right to abortion in the federal constitution. That was a that was a myth. So now they're taking the same myth and trying to impose it. And interestingly, you know, for us as, as Catholics, they're using the word enshrine. Mm -hmm. They want to enshrine the right to abortion. <laughs> We've got to be careful not to mimic their language. They're not enshrining a right to abortion. They are imposing yeah. unlimited abortion. Uh, they're imposing a fake right. So that's what some of the battle is right now. You know, we have websites for each of these states. Good. You know, for example, endabortionohio.us. Uh, the, ex the extension is always .us. Our main website is endabortion.us. But we have one for each state. So endabortionohio.us uh, to look at the Ohio battle. Endabortionflorida.us to look at the Florida battle. And as the other state battles develop, we'll be putting uh, material on those web pages too. Father, the Texas state has the, most, the second most populated state after California. Yeah. And I've read that tens of thousands of babies have been born yeah. because of pro-life legislation. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, they, they, uh, they have um, uh, essentially, I mean, they've closed all the abortion facilities. Uh, Texas has been uh, just so victorious yes. in the midst of all of this. It's a beautiful thing to say, and lives have been have been saved and continue to be saved. And every time one of these babies is saved, yes. let's keep in mind that the mom— and the dad and the friends who might participate in the abortion and perhaps the, 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 the mom or the dad's parents themselves, if they're 
pushing for the abortion. These people are all all spared yes. a lifetime of grief. That's right. Uh, well, that we know comes from abortion. And you know, Father, you think about all these babies that were saved because of the you know fifty years we had to wait, almost fifty years for Roe versus Wade to turn around and get you know taken out. And I think of the people's lives that are going to be touched. And, you know, that's what I think sometimes when I think about pro-life work, that if one life is saved, it's worth it. Oh, yes. And so all of this work that people are doing in abortion clinics where they're praying outside of clinics, the rosary, or giving out pro-life material. And, you know, you hear about uh, there's a state, I think it's um, Indiana, they have a little box they uh, put out for you can go to the fire department and drop off your baby. And they were talking about, in the article I read, how many hundreds of babies have been saved because they offer, without any questions to mom or dad, about the baby. And they'll take care of the baby and they'll get the baby into good hands. I just think that tells you right there the, you know, people, I have a saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the yeah. pro-life movement cares enough to say, Mom, we're going to take care of you. We're going to help you get along. We're going to help you with the baby, whatever your needs. I mean, this to me really shows the value of people being involved in pro-life. And I would just ask anybody listening, if they're not involved in the pro-life work, your life will change when you run into a baby, when they're grown up, you know, five, ten. I've run into people 25 years old now who tell me by their, their mother said that you did this, that, uh, you know, you helped them make that decision to keep that baby. And I know, Father Frank, you've had grown-ups come up to you and hug you, because I have too. And so I want to encourage people to get involved in the pro-life work. And I can't think of a better organization than Priests for Life. Father, how can people say, look, I've been sitting on the sidelines. I want to get involved. How can they do it? Well, if you go to endabortion.us, you'll see a number of ways you can do so. Starting with prayer, we've got a very big collection of pro-life prayers. And what you said before about prayer is so important in the terms of the specificity. Yes, yes. Don't just pray in general for, you know, a culture of life and, uh, you know, uh, respect for life from conception and natural death. Obviously, that's our ethic. But when we pray, you know, the Lord wants us to ask specifically for what we want. And what we want here specifically is stop the killing of the unborn by abortion. Right. And so we're going to say that very specifically. Okay, so there's prayer. Then we have action alerts. So we have uh, people can sign up so that when there's one of these uh, laws that's being pushed by the other side, we can call our members of Congress and say, vote no. When there's a pro-life bill, we can call them and say, vote yes. And we give people all the information they need about this. So the action alerts, sign up and be connected in that way. Right. Uh, and then there's the political involvement. We've got to be active in these elections, make sure we're registered to vote. We have an entire section of our website devoted to the elections and helping people understand uh, what they can do to make a difference there. Uh, there's the pregnancy centers, of course, supporting those centers mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and learning how to direct people to those centers. Uh, is that information is up there. Helping your pastor be more involved. We have a whole section of the website devoted to what churches can do. Communicate with your pastor. Yeah. That's one of the key ways of doing this. Uh, and then, of course, the whole area of healing after abortion. If you heal someone after abortion, right. you're also preventing a further abortion because more than slightly more than half of the abortions are repeat 
abortions. Yep. And the sooner we heal somebody from a past abortion, the sooner we're preventing them from having another one. And Father, if I'm understanding correctly the statistics, one out of four, one out of five women in childbearing ages have had an abortion. Yeah, what? it's... Uh, that's phenomenal that we have... Well... I mean, that's like scary. Uh, it, it, the, the statistics are varying year by year. You know, it's been getting better. Fortunately, right. it's right. been getting better. Right. Uh, but we've got basically it, it, there's a lot of different ways of measuring it. But yeah. but you, you, one in five pregnancies. Wow. Are still ending in abortion. And that's way too much. Um, but fortunately, you know, the numbers are going down because public awareness yeah. is is increasing science has helped us with this yeah you know we're the ones that follow science not the exactly not the, radical, the radical democrats oh follow the science and meanwhile they reject the science when it comes to the unborn and other things too for that matter but uh like you know like like we said on our previous program sure. you know maybe today we can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby yeah you know all of that is a rejection of science that's right look that's at right. the body look at the genetics but yeah it's uh <laughs> And Father, let me just jump into another gear with you. I know we're coming to a quick break, but I want to also point out, look around at countries that have had abortion on demand for 40, 50 years. I'll give an example. Japan, China. When we come back, I want to ask you, you know, they're, they're trying to put incentives. Russia, which was one of the first countries to have abortion, they're yep. trying to get people to have babies and it's not working. It seems that... When we come back, I want to talk about the effect of demographics right now that abortion has caused and how we can resolve that with a Catholic mindset. Stay with us. Terry and Jesse show. Father Frank Provence is my guest. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Father Frank Pavone for Priest for Life is giving me some real good information on how we can protect the unborn. But Father, I wanted to shift gears in this last segment. We know that the demographics of the world has been affected poorly by mm -hmm. abortion. We know what Stephen Mosner, our good friend, pointed mm -hmm. out, population control p p people, and what he's done on exposing that back in the late 70s. And China right now is hurting with their labor force because they just have re realized that they, they killed everybody through abortion. And in my take on it, and I'll just give you my take, they're in a situation where if they continue to just, as business as usual, they I think I saw 2080, our population will be bigger in America than China. And I think China, what happens, Father, and I'm not a... Uh, a guy that knows everything about politics, but I think this is what Mother Teresa talked about, the fruit of abortion is war. I believe yep. China will say, wait a minute, we need laborers. We need to go outside our borders and conquer some other countries to bring the laborers in or we're going to be done. Now, yeah. am I onto something or do you think I'm making, making this up? No, that's very true. And uh, spiritually and psychologically, um, you know, when I was working at the Vatican and I was there in the, in the late 90s as yeah. we were, referencing earlier sure. uh, I was at the Pontifical Council for the family and 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 so that office dealt with pro-life issues including at the United Nations and one of the themes that kept coming up in documentation that came across my desk was the point you're raising right now about how the populations are declining mm -hmm. 
And the, the problem is not population overpopulation. The problem is underpopulation. Exactly. And and a lot of these um, documents and you know uh, convocations of experts were asking, first of all, why, and secondly, what is the solution? And one of the things that struck me about you know what is the solution was a document that was talking very much the language of the church. It, well, it wasn't a church document, yeah. but it was a document of experts who said, you know what, when we analyze this, it boils down to hope. Yeah, hope. If people, and you hear this in the, in, in the words sometimes of mothers who are looking to get abortions, if people think, oh, I can't bring a child into this world, yes, as if the world is so dark, mm -hmm. so beyond redemption, that it, you don't even want to bring a child into it, well, it's like, isn't that despair? Isn't that the same thing as despair? And, and it isn't the thing that makes us feel able to say yes to life, isn't that hope? As we always say, it's not freedom of choice that brings a woman to the door of an abortion clinic. It's despair. It's the feeling that you have no freedom and no choice. It, 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 it's despair. And the role of the pro-life movement is to replace despair with hope. So that's really ultimately the solution to um, underpopulation. Restore hope in the goodness of life, Restore hope that you're going to be able to give your child uh, a, a life of, of freedom and opportunity. Sure. That's part of the greatness, of course, of America. Uh, amen. Unlike, unlike a lot of these other countries. And uh, but that's that's where that's why the role of the church is key in the very survival of humanity. Yeah. Because we bring the hope of the gospel and that encourages people to say yes to life. Yeah. And Father, I, I, I agree totally on that. Let me shift gears again on you because we're getting into a a political uh, topic here because the election will be coming up. And we know what President Trump did four years ago. I sure uh, do. He was the most pro-life president ever in my lifetime. No doubt, no and, doubt. And I see what um, is happening right now. Uh, I, I'm going to say this, and you can correct me right on the air, but I don't think all of these attacks on him would be going on if he didn't say he was going to try and be reelected. I think a lot of people in our country are scared that we, if we get President Trump back, uh, the abortion laws will be moved back like they were before, and the country is going to be moved back to more of a uh, driven, a, I'll, just, I'll just call it um, a business approach to work and not work on entitlements as much as put people back to work. So that's my assessment. Am I off on that? No, what's happening now in our country is that we see Marxist yeah, tactics being exactly the persecution of one's political opponents. Now, people have to understand something. This has never been. This has never happened in American history that the that the political party in power targets its chief political opponent. Yeah, with crimes and tries to keep them from running. And tries to even, you know, to bog them down with trials and legal right. expenses and even put them in prison. You're talking about your political rival. Let the voters decide Man. elections. We are voters, not jurors. <laughs> Let us decide the elections. Let us be the ones to decide uh, who's going to be our nominee 
uh, for president and who's going to be our president, not prosecutors, not courts. We have to get the courts out of this election and all this prosecution of President Trump. I mean, I want to invite people to watch my my program called Praying for America. Sure. Um, we have it on endabortion.tv. Good. And uh, because what I do there is I delve into great detail about these prosecutions against President Trump. Oh, good. And I show with the help of legal experts how this is just distorting the law beyond recognition. Mm -hmm. It's the criminalization of of free thought, free yeah. speech, yeah. and political dissent. Uh, and, and this is just, it's just wrong. Uh, uh, what's happening here is an assault on freedom. Mm -hmm. So this election is not so much about which candidate we want as what kind of country we want, yeah. uh, whether we really want the freedoms of America to continue. It's that basic. Wow. It's that basic. And do you think that they would even be going after President Trump if he didn't say, because I don't think they would have, if he didn't say, hey, I'm... I'm running to be the next president of the United States. No, because it's all about stopping him from yeah. doing that. Yeah, it, it, it's about stopping him from being the nominee. Yeah. Uh, they think that, see, and here's where they're miscalculating. They think that by persecuting President Trump this way, yeah. they're going to get voters to turn away from it's him. It's the opposite, I think. It's the opposite has yeah, happened. I think so. And you know why? Because why? The American people see through this. They see, wait a minute, you know, I, I, they see you're trying to decide for me. Who's going to be the next president? No, that's my right as a voter. So like people like Alan Dershowitz, great, you know, legal expert in our country, one of the best. Yes. He's not a pro-Trump guy. He voted against President Trump. Right. Twice. And you know what he says? He says, I want to have the opportunity to vote against him a third time. <laughs> yeah. I, don't want the, I don't want some prosecutor deciding that I want to decide. Yeah. So and he says, look, he says this is. What's happening against President Trump is unconstitutional. You can't say, oh, because he gave a speech or because he claimed there was fraud in the elections, that therefore, you know, he, he, he's, he's guilty of some kind of crime of, of subverting the election. He's not trying to overturn any election. He's right. questioning the results. Every American has the right to do that. You can't criminalize that. The Democrats do that all the time. Hillary Clinton is still saying the election in 2016 was rigged. Was rigged. And so why isn't she being uh, accused of all these? That's my question, Father. I'm sorry. It's hypocrisy of what I'm seeing in our country right yeah. now. And we just have to call it out because it's the truth that sets us yeah. free. Father, how can people support priests for life? In other words, well, for donations, your prayers? Yes. yes. Like we were saying before, our main website, mm -hmm. which expresses our mission, is endabortion.us. Yep. Now, if people go there, they'll see all the resources and activities we were talking about before and more. Right. And they will also see a nice donate button there uh, where, uh, you know, we rely only on the support of the people that are listening to us right now. And and as do you. And uh, and, and and so we want people to understand, you know, it's not like the abortion industry. They're getting these hundreds of millions of dollars from the government. Right. Uh, we rely on the people. And uh, so endabortion.us uh, and participate with us. Be in contact with us. Follow me on social media. And uh, uh, let's get this job done together. Awesome. And, Father, the uh, one thing I will ask of you is telling Catholics to get involved in the political process. I always say this. I sound like a, a broken record. But it, I think we have to do our due diligence and look at the party's platforms. Oh, yes. Well, and you have something on a website that can do just that. We do. And Pro-Life Vote is our is our political website, ProLifeVote.com. Mm -hmm. 
And there we have, like you just said, a comparison piece mm -hmm. that's legally approved for churches, by the way. Good, don't, no. don't let your pastor tell you different. It's it's legally perfectly okay for churches, but it shows the comparison of the platforms. But you know, we've even gone beyond, I mean, right now, based on what we were just saying before, it's even more than looking at the different platforms. It's looking at, you know, Mark Levin, yeah, great Mark. commentator, yeah. as you know. Yes. I'm sure many of our listeners listen to him too. Um, he's coming out with a book, Terry, called, in a couple of weeks, okay. called The Democrat Party Hates America. Wow. Now, this book is not some kind of, you know, rant, emotional rant. Mm -hmm. This man is an intellectual. He is, this sure. man yeah. is a yeah. legal expert. Yep. This man is a sober guy. Yep. He's not going to go. He's not into conspiracy theories. Right. He's not into talking off the top of his head. But he has a this is a thick book of the Democrat Party hates America. He documents it. We need to do documents that. Documents it. Yep. Now, we're not talking about our good friends who might identify as Democrats. You know, there's plenty of them. You know, or they're in our, they're worshiping with us. Sure. They're in the pro-life movement, too. Right. But we're talking about the leadership. We're talking about the elites. Yeah. We're talking about the power grabbers here. Right. Listen. It's, it's not simply a question anymore of, oh, the, this platform lines up with our teachings, this other platform, yeah, they're for abortion, they want to redefine marriage. All that is bad enough. But what Mark is revealing here and many no. others are revealing here is that we've got a split now in our country, not about people who want the same goals but have different ideas of how to get there. We're talking about people who have different goals. These people are not pro-America. They're not in favor of freedom. They're not in favor of faith. They're not in favor of life. This is bad. This has coalesced into a very evil organization. And, and, and I think, Terry, that we as Catholics, we might be, you know, disinclined to even come to a judgment like that. It might sound extreme. It might sound too divisive, you know, because we've got our bishops saying to us, oh, you know, we have to have civility in politics. Yeah, we have to have civility, but we can't have stupidity. We can't be blind <laughs> exactly. to, to an evil that's right in front of our eyes. Right. Father, well said. And again, to get people involved in the political process, uh, a lot of people still don't understand precepts and precincts and how it all comes together. What yeah. what can you tell them on the local level? We like subsidiarity, the church is teaching on doing Beautiful. it on the local level. Become a precinct committee man or woman. I had a whole program on this recently on huh. my uh, Praying for America show. Become a pre go to your local uh, political party mm -hmm. and ask them, uh, how do you join the the precinct? How do you become a precinct? Because the precinct committee man or committee woman mm -hmm. is responsible on the most low, it's the most local level of politics so that in your neighborhood, you would be involved in registering voters, educating voters, getting them out to the polls on election day. Okay. This is how these battles are won. Yeah. It's, it's household by household. It's precinct by precinct. And so I was told, Terry, in the early days when you first met me, I was a parish. Actually, you met me when I was still a seminarian. That's but true. When, I when I first became a priest, I remember one, one man, and I'm still in touch with this gentleman, yeah. 
who came to me yeah. in the rectory and he said, Father, here's what we have to do. We have to start taking over the, the, the precincts yeah. and, and, and winning on this most local level of politics. Right. That's where you're closest to the voters and you can have a very big impact. So go to your, look up your local county political party right. and, and go to those meetings and, find, and say, hey, I'm here to help. Tell me what to do and how to do it. Wow. Great information, Father. I really appreciate it. You know, just to clarify something, Father Frank Pavone, I've been calling you Father Frank Pavone. Eight months ago, you got your priesthood taken away. But I, I want to just point out, as a layman, you know, uh, you've always been Father Frank Pavone to me. I know that the uh, mark on your soul can never be taken away as a priest. That's, that's Catholic doctrine. That's Catholic doctrine. And so um, out of my own uh, love for you, and for the faith, I still call you Father Frank Pavone because you are a spiritual father to me. And I don't think anybody can take that away from me. Uh, and I'll continue to do that. Now, I just want to ask the final question. And that is uh, the uh, issue of life. You know, we talk about having it as um, the ultimate. I mean, if we don't have life, we have no other right. In other words, the border is not an issue because you're not alive. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about why the unborn is really the number one issue we all should be helping to stop? It's the number one issue. You know, we, we hear in the church about the preferential option for the poor. Yeah. Those who are most in need deserve the most attention. Sure. Well, who's more in need than this unborn child? Yeah, this I don't know of anybody. Kissed? the most defenseless, yes. that, that, that's number one. Right. Number two, the right itself that they've been deprived of, life, is, like you said, yes. the foundation and condition of every other right. Yeah, It's what makes an issue an issue. It's not the only issue. It's what makes every issue an issue. We're concerned about the poor because we're concerned about life. We're concerned about unemployment because yeah. we're concerned about life. War, terrorism, a, a, a pandemics. Everything we're concerned about is because life is precious, valuable, and deserves respect and protection. If you take that away, no issue is an issue anymore. So there's that reason. Then there's the reason that nothing takes more human life. Yep. When it count, count up the victims of war, poverty, death penalty, gun violence, COVID-19, whatever you want. If you think that climate change is taking lives, which, by the way, it's not, nope. uh, but, but, but even if you want to imagine, you know, the mythology behind climate change, well, then count that, too. You're not going to find anything that takes more life than abortion. Nothing. So that's another reason. And then you've got the problem of, uh, you know, like John Paul II pointed out, you've got this 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 act of violence. Yes. Being committed within the family, yes. which is the sanctuary of life. So that adds another dimension to the evil, not to mention which it's bad enough that it's an act of violence that tears apart a baby. Yeah. But you've got it now being celebrated as a right and protected in law. And like we were saying before, some are trying to, quote, enshrine it in their state constitutions. This is an, this adds insult to injury. Bottom line. If abortion's not wrong, nothing is wrong. And as Mother Teresa says, if we tell a mother she can kill her own child, how can we tell people not to kill each other? This is at the root of you every. Nailed you nailed it. Thanks for that summary. We're going to uh, cut out in a minute or two, but I do want to make another pitch for Father Frank Pavone to support him in his work for Priests for Life. And also, Father, I think Father David's going to be at the. Uh, Defending the Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas, September 1 and 2. I want to have a table for Priests for Life so people can support that. Yep. And uh, 
I want to just encourage people to go to vmpr.org and register for the conference. It's a two-day conference. You're going to be inspired because you're going to run into Catholics who are on fire for the faith. You'll have lifetime friends from this. And Bishop Strickland is going to be doing the keynote talk titled Proclaiming the Apostolic Faith with Clarity and Boldness. You know, he always says we have to become first century Christians. That's right. And that's That's what we're doing with the pro-life movement. We're trying to undo something in our culture that has lost the sacredness of life. And Mm. I want to encourage people not only to support Priests for Life, but see if you can get the literature that they have to offer into your local parish. And I even even say this, Father, you have a book on homilies. I would do this. This is just a suggestion. Go online, pick up the book, and give it to your priest as a gift. That really can, you make it easy for them. Am I onto something there, Father? Perfect. It's perfect. Prolifeproducts.org is our online store. Prolifeproducts.org. You'll see that book on on, on the pro-life homilies. You'll see prayer books. You'll see books by Janet Morana about healing after abortion. All kinds of great stuff. Wonderful. Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life has been with me. He tells his story, if you missed it, he came in halfway through the show, about his persecution. In mm. you know what, Father? Um, many of the saints have said that, that uh, many of the saints have been persecuted from within the church, not just without. And so you're in good company. I hear the music. We have one minute left. Father, any final thoughts to encourage our, our listeners to get involved in protecting the unborn? Well, this is our moment, friends. There's, there's no greater joy than to be able to save a life. And uh, uh, you get involved in the pro-life movement. You're involved in the greatest civil rights movement of all yes. time. Together with a lot of great other people, we welcome you. We need you Amen. starting today. Well said. And don't forget, we've got a day with Bishop Sheen, the 14th of October. Go to our website. We're going to be getting into the beatification of Fulton Sheen. What's up with that? And all of his wonderful teachings and how it can be applied to the church today. Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And don't forget what Our Lady of Fatima said. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We need to pray for our church, for our leaders, that we will bring back the sanctity of life in a culture of death. May God richly bless you and your family.